0: are listening to the Classic Sermons Podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. You will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival sermons from great preachers of the past. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. The title of my message this morning, The Faith of Our Father. We have such a great heritage. We rejoice. We're able to live for the most part freely in a place and preach yet with a freedom because of the heritage that was established and left for us, a great heritage that we have been blessed of God by because of the faith and commitment of our founding fathers. And our national forefathers established a house of government Based on the right foundation upon which this nation ought to continue. But we also had the founding fathers of our nation who were men of God and a people of God who established not the house where the political situation would take place, but a house of God where worship for God could be made because our founding forefathers put it together with that purpose in mind. We have national and spiritual forefathers today For which we are grateful to God for and both of them paid a great price to leave us a nation of government and of worship. The Declaration of Independence reads for the support of this declaration and with a firm reliance on the protection of the divine providence we mutually Pledge each other our lives and our fortunes and our sacred honor. John Quincy Adams said, posterity, you'll never know how much it has cost my generation to preserve your freedom. I hope you'll make good use of it. And so we have been handed a challenge to make good use of that which our national forefathers left us and that which our spiritual forefathers have left us. Everything that goes bad in the nation, we can't blame it all on the political leaders. A nation goes down as well as when the preacher as well as the politician doesn't do the job that they ought to be doing. And so there's a great challenge, yes, for the nation and for the White House. But there's a great challenge for the church house as well. The president may sit in the White House and not make the decisions that are right for our nation, but the preacher in the church house ought to be making the right decisions for the nation and the people in the church house. So I've got an obligation and I've got a commitment that I need to be keeping. And every preacher and every pastor ought to be doing the same thing. In 1776, those great Americans gathered together in Philadelphia and drafted a Declaration of Independence. Amen. I'm glad there's a declaration made to be independent. They drafted that constitution in 1789. I leave with you this morning in the time allotted to me two things to consider. And that is what our national forefathers had and the heritage they left us, the foundation upon which they formed a nation, and how that nation had been blessed of God. They knew, they knew that a new house of government. If it was to have the blessings of God upon it, it had to be founded, it had to be built on the Word of God. Everything worthwhile has to be built on the Word of God. Whether you're building the church house, whether you're building your house, whether I'm building my house, or whether we're building a white house, everything works better when you build it on that foundation, the Word of God. And when the Reformation swept over Europe, it put the Bible in the hands of the people. It revolutionized concepts of government and set the stage for the American Republic. And with the influence of Samuel Rutherford and John Witherspoon and John Locke, the Bible became the basis of United States government and law. Would to God, we could still see that taking place today. But we've got to still do what we're supposed to be doing, regardless of what the White House is doing. Abraham Lincoln said that all the good from the Savior of the world is communicated through this book. and But for the book, we could not know right from wrong. And all the things desirable to man are contained in the book. And the book I preach from is an old King James Bible book. I don't say that to get an amen. I just say it because it's been good for me. It's been so good for me, I haven't tried to change it. I've tried to let it change me. I haven't tried to improve on it. I've like learned to let it improve me. Amen. Mm. John Quincy Adams said, The first and almost the only book deserving universal attention is the Bible. And I agree with that and have agreed with it all through my 57 years of preaching and being introduced to this King James book. Our founding forefathers knew that this nation had to be founded on the principles of the Bible. And they knew that the future hope of this nation to have continuance and the blessings of God upon it would also have to have honor and recognition of the importance of this book in the schoolhouse as well as in the White House. That we ought to... Not only have the president put his hand on the Bible, which should be the indication that this is the book upon which I will found and which I will lead my nation in all things, but this book needed to go to the schoolhouse where our children could hear the Word of God read and where the Word of God would be held up and where the Word of God would be honored, and where prayer would be made. I don't have time to digress on this. I have another subject on that subject, but I think we really lost so much ground in this nation when we let this nation take this Bible and prayer out of the lives of our children in the schoolhouse. But bless God in the church house, let's be sure that we keep the right Bible before them. Let's not change the book. Amen. The foundation, Calvin Coolidge said, the foundations of our society and our government rest so much on the teaching of the Bible that it would be difficult to support them if faith in these teachings would cease to be practically universal in our country. Aristotle said, all who have meditated on the art of governing mankind are convinced that the fate of empires depends on the education of youth. And this is a major part of education. Martin Luther said, I am much afraid that schools will prove to be great gates of hell unless they diligently labor in explaining the Holy Scriptures, engraving them in the hearts of youth, I advise no one to place his child where the scriptures do not reign paramount. Every institution in which men are not increasingly occupied with the word of God must become corrupt. Our forefathers founded a nation on the principles of the importance of the word of God both in the White House and the church house and the school house, they also knew that no nation could continue and have the blessings of God upon it if it was not established on morality. Daniel Webster said, lastly, our ancestors established their system of government On morality and religious sentiment, moral habits they believed cannot safely be trusted on any other foundation than religious principle, nor any government be secure which is not supported by moral habits. Noah Webster said, the moral principles and precepts contained in the scriptures Ought to form the basis of all our civil constitutions and laws. And all the miseries and evils which men suffer from vice and crime, ambition and injustice, oppression, slavery, war. proceeding Proceed from their despising or neglecting the precepts contained in the Bible. Thank God we had a nation founded with those ideals and principles in mind, good that we could get back to it. It was not the commitment of our national leaders alone, though, that made this nation great, but it was those spiritual leaders. And those preachers and those Christians who would follow those preachers who were preaching, And say, I don't have time this morning and to read history and names have been quoted and their record is already in the book and nothing can be taken away from the record of those early preachers in this nation and those early Christians in this nation who walked out into the wilderness and the hard places and all the places across the land and they begin to preach the word of God. They begin to start those old fashioned camp meetings and sing those old camp meeting songs and stirring this nation up for God. They rode their mules and they walked and they swept across this nation while the leaders of the nation were building a white house. They were building God's houses all across this land. Thank God for those early preachers. Thank God for those men who left us a spiritual heritage. Sometimes you want to seem like get a gun or a bow or something that you could take care of some of these so-called preachers that have left the right Bible and left the right things and, well, I better quit on that. Well, okay, I'll get back to it. Those spiritual men, thank God for the Wycliffes and thank God for those men even in our generation that are not with us now but thank God for the way old Harold Sattler preached and walked. Man he left us a heritage about what to preach and how to preach and how to go after it and how to build a church. Thank God for the Lee Robertsons along the way that taught us how to build colleges and how to, how to run a church and how to build a church and stay with the same right foundation that our forefathers have. He picked it up. Thank God for the Jack Hiles along the way. And thank God for the Tom Malones along the way. But here, I'm here to tell you, thank God we have Got some preachers today that are still taking it up and still doing it, still going by the right stuff, still preaching the right kind of thing today. Thank God for those men along the way. Faith of our fathers living still. But where? Is the faith of our forefathers Their faith they had in the right Bible, the right way, the right way of worship, the right way of singing, the right way of honoring God. Where does that live today? Thank God it lives right here. Thank God that it lives here. It's alive here. Hey, this is a burning bush here. Thank God for every burning bush you got. hey, there's a burning bush down in San Diego. Thank God there's a burning bush over there uh, in North Carolina. A man by the name of Bobby Robertson is in there, and he still believes that uh, that which was handed down to him, he has taken it up and, and lives on it. Thank God. our testimony, preachers and spiritual. Leaders across this land are still alive and well today, but God give us some more of them. Our testimony that our forefathers nationally and spiritually established a government, a democracy that would succeed and keep right on going if they stood on these same principles. When the Plymouth Rock affirmed foundation and when the Mayflower landed at Plymouth Rock, Christians laid the foundations for a republic that would endure if followed through the centuries. Did you know that in 1892... The Supreme Court of this land gave this declaration. Our laws and our institutions must necessarily be paced and embody the teachings of the Redeemer of mankind. It is impossible that it should be otherwise. And in this sense and to this extent our civilization And our institutions are emphatically Christian. This is a religious people. This is historically true. From the discovery of this continent to this present hour, there is a single voice making affirmation. We find everywhere a clear recognition of the same truth these and many other matters which might be noticed at a volume of unofficial declarations to the masses of organic utterances that this is a Christian nation. Amen. 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 This is a Christian nation. I don't appreciate a king. I don't appreciate a so-called president saying that my nation is really not a Christian nation anymore. This is a Christian nation and I don't apologize for it. I'm a citizen of the good old U.S. of A. I'm not a citizen of the United Nations. I'm a citizen of America. Good old USA of America. Amen. When a leader of a nation can stand and speak in favor of and condone that which God condemns and then finish his speech by saying God bless America. I don't think God's going to bless America when you're condoning Which he condemns. I read in Romans and everywhere else in the Bible that God's really not in favor of homosexuality. The only reason I'd kiss a man on the cheek is to keep him from snoring. I don't don't believe that you can condone taking life by the millions and say, God bless America. I, I, I should not want to ever be on the Supreme Court If I was going to be a supreme judge that would pass a law to condone and permit the murder of the millions, what this supreme court and every supreme court and every president and every leader ought to remember, honey, I got news for you. There is a far supreme judge There's a new court to be held. Only one judge. And he sits higher than this Supreme Court judge across this land. And there's a lot to answer for along the way. My nation or some of my leaders may be embarrassed and want to make apologies for my nation. My nation has an emblem that speaks for us. Don't spit on it! Don't try to burn it. Just because your name's right, you don't have the right to say and ask God to condemn the good old USA of America. When I joined the Navy at 17 and enlisted to go into the Oil War, Came down to Virginia to get my amphibious training, get my ship headed for Ewo, because I loved this old glory. Hey, I, I don't want you I don't want you trying to spit on my flag. Don't try to burn my flag because I may have to repent of what I might do. If I was willing to fight the rest of the world to keep it flying and keeping me the liberty to do the preaching and keep us to the liberty to do what we do in America. Hey, honey, I'm ready to get my uniform back on. I'm ready to get whatever else I had and get behind that 220 that I shot on that on that ship. I'm ready to come after you, baby. Mm. Lay it right there in my Bible. Our forefathers held old glory high. I'm proud to be an American for I know I've been set free. And all of the great hymns that we sing. My time is over, but yours is not. I'll leave you with these thoughts. As we think so much about and more we could say about the nation. But our responsibility right now is right here with this business. Because righteousness exalteth the nation. And we're the only crowd that I know that's going to have any chance of raising the righteousness across the nation by the winning of more and by raising the standard of living for Christ and making that impact upon the world. Our Christian forefathers left me and you a heritage of love for God, sacrifice, a willingness to do anything to get the gospel out. That first church, you read in the book of Acts, they sold their properties, they gave their lives to carry out the same thing that our forefathers picked up on and established this nation on. Through the years, we have seen much of that which made America politically and spiritually began to abate and disappear off of the scene. A lot of old-time preaching, old-time preaching It's not as popular today as it was in one day. Old time preaching, just getting after it. We've changed the Bibles around. Really, we haven't changed it. We've just made our own. Because God's is going to stay the same. You ain't going to change it. Heaven and earth are passing away. My word ain't gonna pay. You can go ahead and make you can go ahead and make you another one you like you may like better than this one, but this is the best one. I got news for this crowd. You can make all of them you want to, you're not changing this. There's a new way of worship today across the land. Where you dress down instead of dressing up. I've said and have said through the years that I'm behind standards. I read the scripture verses that tell us how we ought to dress all the time. Not just church time, but all the time. But without any scripture or any st- standard, the reason I dress the way I do, especially when I come to the house of God, forgetting everything else. I dress up, and like has been said, I I keep it on, except our preacher last night, he's walking around in his shorts. You know why I dress the best I can when I come to the house is because I'm going to meet the king. I'm going to meet the king. You don't need to give me more scripture. You don't need to tell me about your standards. Where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm gonna be there. Hey, if if the king's gonna be here, I'm gonna look my best. Cause I know that I, I, I know that doesn't look like a bleacher. Yeah, looks like a pew to me. Now the best I may have maybe. Maybe just good overalls, but I'll see that they're clean and I wear both straps on them. And if I got breeches, I wear a belt. They're not about to fall off of my rear end because I don't have much back there. Well, I feel like traveling on. We sing. We've lost the song of the heart. It's good to sing old time religion. It's good to sing the old books. I had two song books in my church. I passed one nineteen years. I pastored one twenty years, and I pastored when I went through school. I pastored forty. 41, almost 42 years. I had two songbooks. Had a good songbook like the one Brother Trevor puts out. And then I had an old Redback Stamps back through it. Because a lot of my folks, they just come out of the country, they hadn't seen that other book. They just listen to the good old old-fashioned quartets. They were good singers, ain't of God. Well, I could tell you a little bit about music, but I won't give you a lecture on that. But not all have given up the faith of our fathers. They still hold it fast, they keep the book, they keep the right way of worship. And it still lives here, it lives in San Diego, it lives in every other, in many other places across this land. It, it lives up there in Napa, I know that's for sure. Hey, don't be afraid to be called old-fashioned. They say, you're old-fashioned. That's because they look at me and because I'm old. I said, honey, I got news for you. I've been old-fashioned ever since I got saved. I've just kept it along the way. When I started preaching 57 years ago, I learned I was an old-fashioned preacher. You're not old-fashioned just because you, you get old in age. You better be old-fashioned right now. And once you get old-fashioned, just stay old-fashioned. They say you're old and you're old-fashioned, and you're out of that old school. I said, "You're right, honey, and school ain't out yet." Amen. Mm. Yes. School's not out the bell hadn't rung or the trumpet hadn't sounded. Till the trumpet down, school's still in. Stay in the old school. Go back to our churches, pull out our Bibles and start preaching old time religion again. Be like a Moses. There in Exodus 27, and then over, especially in Exodus 32, when God said to Moses, "I need to give these people my words." He said, "I want you to get up here on top of Mount Sinai." The people knew God was on there because the cloud was over there for six days, I think it was, before he ever went up. And while he was up on top of that mountain, you read the Bible. And he said to them before he left, he called the people. He said, now, I'll be gone. He didn't know how long God wanted him. But he said, I'll be gone. But while I'm gone, said Aaron and her, if there are needs, you uh, come to them. They'll help you. And they were left the responsibility to help the people. But while Moses was gone, the people asked for another God. And Aaron, especially Aaron, gave them what they wanted instead of what they needed. And God said to Moses, said, Moses, get down off of this mountain in verse 8 of chapter 32 to this people that have turned aside quickly out of the way. And I like what it says there in verse 26, and Moses got down off of that mountain, and old brother Lester off when he mentioned that, he said he'd come down off of that mountain with an arm of the Word of God. Written on both sides, nothing left out that God wanted to say. When he said to them, he said, get down to this quick people who have quickly turned out of the way. And Moses came down, the Bible says, and stood in the gate and said in verse 30, you have sinned. He stood in the gate. God, give us some preachers who will take the arm load of the word of God all of it written on both sides and go stand in the gate and tell them what God wants them to hear and be unafraid and unashamed. And give us some more men who'll stand unafraid and preach. Moses came down off of that mountain having been with God he stood in the gate of those people. He stood like a rock in the midst of a raging storm. He came down to stand for God. He didn't come down looking for their approval. He didn't come down looking for their acceptance. He just come down to stand where God told him to stand. Hey. We just didn't preach because we need the approval of the people or the acceptance of their message. We ought to come down and stand and say to them, thus saith the Lord. Amen. They, Our people today needs God's message. He stood bold and he stood with courage. And the reason he could stand bold and the reason he could stand with courage because he'd been on the right mountain. He'd been with God for those 40 days and nights. He'd come off of the right mound for God had called him to Mount Sinai. I'm here to tell you we need that mountain experience, preachers, before we go to the people and stand in the gate where we can stand unafraid and unashamed, not looking for promotion, but just looking for a place to preach. Not looking for their approval, but just a place to stand, and stand for God, and preach for God. May I say to you, maybe it's already been mentioned, Mount Saddleback is not the right mountain to go to. The Promise Keeper's Mountain is not the right mountain to go to. The Smiley's Mountain in Houston is not the right place to go to. But Calvary's a good mountain to go to. That's a good place. You'll hear the right thing. And you'll be able to come and I will be able to come. And I think so many preachers across this land today are giving the people what they want instead of what they need. It's because they need to get with God again. We need... That man like Moses, we need that man like Jeremiah, where it said of Jeremiah in chapter 7 and verse 2 And the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Stand in the gate of the Lord's house and proclaim there the word and say, Hear the word of the Lord, all ye of Judah, that enter into these gates to worship the Lord. I like what is said of Jeremiah in Jeremiah 17, 16, and Jeremiah nineteen fourteen. he said, Then came Jeremiah from Tophet. Whether the Lord had sent him to prophesy, and he stood in the court of the Lord's house and said to the people. I like that. Jeremiah 17, 16, As for me, listen preacher, as for me, I have not hastened from being a pastor to follow thee. Neither have I desired the woeful day. Thou knowest that which came out of my lips was right before thee. Let us have a Jacob that'll take his family back to Bethel so it can be El Bethel, where it can not only be a house, but a house where God is the God of the house. for The Bible says in Psalm twelve one, Help, Lord, for the godly man ceaseth, for the faithful fall from among the children of men. In Jeremiah 18, and I'll leave you with these words, He said, At what God said unto him, At what instant I shall speak concerning a nation, And concerning a kingdom to pluck up and to pull down and to destroy it. If that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. And at what instant I shall speak concerning a nation and concerning a kingdom to build and to plant it? If you do evil in my sight, that it obeyed not my voice, then I will repent of good, wherewith I said I would benefit them. Righteousness exalteth a nation, sin is our approach to any people. Joe Hankins, as was mentioned earlier, said this, sin is deep-seated, loathsome disease that is eating the heart out of humanity And cursing and blighting and damning, wrecking and ruining those who tampered with it. Thomas Jefferson said, Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just and that his justice cannot sleep forever. Thomas Paine said, What we obtain too cheaply, we esteem too lightly. It is dearness only that gives everything its value. Heaven knows how to put a price upon its goods. And it would be strange indeed if so celestial an article as freedom should not be highly rated our Christian heritage, our national heritage. We thank God for it. They did what they could do in their time. Now we must do what we must do in our time. I leave you with what Abraham Lincoln said. It's so relevant to today. Today a way of remembrance. We have been the recipients of the choicest bounties of heaven. We have preserved these many years. We've been preserved these many years in peace and prosperity and we've grown in numbers, wealth and power as no other nation has ever grown but we have forgotten God. And it's a bad thing when a nation forgets God. But worse thing when the church house forgets God. We have forgotten the gracious hand which preserved us in peace and multiplied, enriched, and strengthened us. And we have vainly imagined in the deceitfulness of our hearts that all these blessings were produced by some superior wisdom and virtue of our own. Intoxicated with unbroken success, we've become too self-sufficient to feel the necessity of redeeming and preserving grace. Too proud to pay, pray to the God that made us. It behooves us then to humble ourselves before the offended power to confess our national sins and pray for clemency and pray for forgiveness and of course, 2 Corinthians 7, 14, If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble and pray. I'm not expecting the White House or any other house in the nation to do the praying that needs to be done. But we need to do the praying that needs to be done. The hope of our nation is not on the 010 election then the hope of our nation is in our altars and in our lives and in our homes and in our churches across this land. Where does it begin? With me. What I do and, and what I do with those I have the opportunity of influence. and My wife. My daughter, my grandchildren, and my great-grandchildren. Thank you for listening to the Classic Sermons podcast from PreachTheBible.org, a ministry of North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California. To listen to many more powerful sermons, visit our website, PreachTheBible.org.